Are you, like pretty much every parent of younger kids I know, looking for a smart entertainment option for your kids? Designed for kids ages six and up, Mysteries About True Histories, also known as Math, How Smart Is That?, is a weekly podcast full of time travel, puzzles, hidden equations, history, and humor. And while kids will enjoy the stories anchored around characters like troublesome trolls, pirate queens, and mysterious aunts, adults can benefit too. I admittedly delighted in learning a thing or two about Pythagoras and triangles in one episode. Every episode follows two best friends, Max and Molly, who work together to solve riddles and math equations during their time-traveling adventures. The series explores themes like the stories behind math, critical thinking, code-breaking, pattern-solving, and more, all weaving humor in with education to make learning fun. Episodes drop every Thursday and are about 15 minutes long, a great length for transition times during the day or a bedtime treat. So tune in to Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. Welcome to Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, your host, Christine Ko, and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you will come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Hello, friends. I am just thrilled to bring to you a wonderful and beloved human being, Allie Edwards. Hello, Allie Edwards. Beloved. I'm like, wow, that was a really nice. Thank you. Hi. Hi. How are you, Christine? How are you? (laughs) You know, I'm okay. Just just before, Uh listeners, just before we got on, we were talking about the trials of the early days of raising puppies, and it's no joke. And yet, no joke. Allie has still arrived on the mic, and I am, I'm so grateful. I'll just really quickly, <laughs> Allie, say that I adore you so much. We haven't actually spent a lot of in-person time together, but I would love for that to change someday. Yeah, when- <laughs> I think we have mutual affection. Yes. Mutual affection. Every time we do see each other, we're, it's very natural, and yeah. And maybe some squealing on my side. Yeah. No, both sides. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But let me just, I'll just tell listeners real quick, you are a designer, a blogger, workshop instructor, author of many books about memory keeping. I'll link up allieedwards.com in the show notes. But the reason, so you're all these many things and you're delightful and I squeal when I see you in person on those rare occasions. (laughs) But the reason I wanted to get you on the mic today was sort of twofold. One was just purely selfish. I was thinking, wow, who would I love to talk to? Allie Edwards. But I also received a listener request a little while ago that's going to sound very broad. They were basically saying, I want to know how to simplify your life, how to live authentically, how to be the best version of yourself, how to be a compassionate human, how to be an advocate for your own needs. And when I I have this idea file for upcoming episodes based on requests and things like that. Mm -hmm. And when I read that, I thought, Ellie Edwards. So hello. (laughs) (laughs) That's quite a question. (laughs) I mean, it's a lot of questions, which I will break down a little bit. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I love talking about this kind of stuff. Yeah, I know. I know. So this is just listeners. This is going to be a kind of free flowing conversation. But I think ultimately the overarching theme of it is 
living with intention. That's what I see it as anyway. And I think it's directly represented by the work that you do, Ali, um, documenting everyday moments. So I just actually wanted to start there and ask, where does that passion for documenting everyday moments come from? And I'm asking because I'm genuinely curious. And then also, I know everybody has a little different nuanced lens on this. Like for me, I love taking photos now because my father was really thrifty, like super cheap. And he thought photos were frivolous. So I have maybe like a dozen photos from my childhood. That's it. You know, so I feel really compelled to capture moments now. So I'd love to hear your story a little bit here. Yeah, that, it's a good question. I think it's that the anecdote about your dad, I think is so interesting to it. That what you, you sent it to me beforehand and I read that and I was like, oh, that is, that's a whole different, you know, you come from a completely different place too. I thought it was just really interesting. My, my experience, my parents took a lot of photos. They, um, they really valued it as a hobby and my parents kept, um, photo albums Mm -hmm. and actually have a whole bunch of those here in my office. I don't think as a kid, I paid very much attention to it. It was just something that they did. They just had a camera and they took pictures of things and took pictures of flowers and they're both really big gardeners and, um, you know, lots of pictures just of us as we were growing up. So that's always been I've been really thankful to have those because I've been able to see the evolution of a story, Mm. right? Or of my story, of our family's story up until a certain point, which is pretty much when, probably when I graduated from high school around that time, there were, there's less pictures after that, obviously, um, as I moved out, but even less pictures of my siblings too. And and less, more when we were younger and then, and then uh, less later on. But for me in my own journey, I really start, like I always love taking pictures too, like, you know, but it was a lot more, it was a lot harder or earlier on, right? Like, to, and more expensive, like you said, too, in terms of, you know, you'd need to get film for your mm-hmm. camera and there was like all these other steps involved. Um, but in college, I can remember, you know, having disposable cameras sometimes. I did eventually take a photography class when I would went back to school. I got a a bachelor's degree in American history, literature, and government. So I had intended Mm. to be an attorney. That was kind of my, my, my path at that point in time. And after I graduated, I was like, well, I don't want to go to law school right now. I'm not ready for that. And within a year ended up going back to a community college here locally and getting a graphic design degree and feeling like that was where I was supposed to be. Like Mm. I sat down in the first day of the, those classes and was like, Oh, this is it. It's this marriage of, uh, photos and words. And and I did take a photography class, which was why I started talking about that um, at that point in time. So I, that the, the marriage of words and photos and and type and text and all of that stuff. I was always an avid reader growing up. I always loved looking at magazines too. That was always, you know, lots of inspiration coming from the, from there, but never thinking that a creative job or some sort of job that was rooted in creativity was something that was available to me. Like that Mm -hmm. wasn't presented to me, you know, by my parents or anything like that. It was way more professional. I'm saying professional in quotations because obviously there's lots of different kinds of professional, very traditional Mm -hmm. uh, professions. And, but about, let's see, after my son Simon was born, after I did that graphic design program, and it was really with him that I started paying more attention to documenting mm-hmm. uh, life in in a more 
um, targeted way, I would say. And I got into scrapbooking, which is really kind of, you know, what I do still, the, the creativity mixed with photos and, and words. And just kind of started when he was one, wanted to make a baby book for him, didn't see anything that fit with what I wanted. You know, there was a lot of like really cutesy sorts of things, mm-hmm. which isn't really my style. I like the more graphic, photo heavy, word heavy sorts of things. And I just kind of started doing it from there, which then grew into this whole other thing that it is today, which is the business part. But what I what I found with Simon when he was a baby and as I started documenting more of those of his life, what I loved the most were the basic things. Right. What I loved documenting the most were those everyday little sorts of things, especially with a baby that pass by really quick. Right. Yep. The seasons change quickly. Mm-hmm. Um very relevant to having a puppy too, right? Like the seasons, the puppyhood seasons change. This is really good for me. I need to be talking about this so I can be appreciating my puppy. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that, that's really, I, I have, it became a way of life for Mm -hmm. me in terms of paying attention and getting really intentional about the kinds of stories that I was telling about the kinds of things that I was documenting, um, I ended up developing projects that were really rooted in encouraging people to capture what their everyday life looks Mm -hmm. like right now and not take that for granted. Like Mm. even the messes and the, you know, hard parts of what's happening for you, all the things that are real, right? That's really what I'm interested in. Yeah. um, Capturing. That's what I continue to do today. Yes, indeed you do. And remind me of Simon's age. Simon is now 20. Okay. That's, that's relevant because. Yes. Because we have raised children before social media existed. <laughs> yep. We and did. I feel like with you especially, and I, I think this is one of the many reasons I appreciate your presence online so much, is that I think there is this interplay in authenticity, which is a word that I hear, I, I think of you when I think of authenticity, and I know that that is something you are known for as well, professionally and personally. And I think there's an interplay between that and committing to detailing the everyday, because as you said, things get messy, you know, and yep. you can't just have highlight reels all this time. So I'm curious about your thoughts on that and what you would recommend to say that listener who really wants to live authentically and is struggling and it may not be f- through photos, but however, yeah. you know, however one wants to show up. Yeah. I, I want to say one thing first before I answer that. And and the one thing that I would want to say to anybody that's listening is when we talk about me documenting everyday life, that doesn't mean I'm doing that every day. I just want to be really yes. clear about that. Mm-hmm. Like it's mm-hmm. not, um, I do a lot of projects that have beginnings and ends. Like one of them is called week in the life, which is something that I just did. So I pick one week each year and I go like do a deep dive right on what do what do things look like in our life right now and a lot of times what that project and practice does for me is it helps me change whatever lens I'm using in my life mm-hmm. so let's say I'm using a really negative lens because mm-hmm. that is real and that happens right there are seasons where my my the, the lens that I am viewing my life feels very negative or it feels very heavy and when I take the time to do a project like that or even just writing something down, right? I think that the the act of pausing Mm -hmm. in your life to look around and write down what is real, um, I feel like that is one of the paths towards authenticity Mm. because you are acknowledging 
what is real in your life, the high points, the low points, the very basic things that I think a lot of people would, um, I want to say the only word I can think of right now is poo poo, right? right? They want, they, you know, think that it's, that it doesn't matter. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter to pay attention to those things when really w- what I've found over years of doing this is that that's where all of the, the, so much of the good stuff Mm-hmm. right, is in those everyday moments. Um, so I would say to somebody, you know, if you're somebody that's not ever going to be ever going to want to do scrapbooking or anything like that, the simple practice of keeping a journal doesn't mm-hmm. have to be fancy, doesn't have to be artistic at all. You can even go on Amazon and get like one of those, there's like a gratitude and I'm, there's probably lots of them, but there's one, it's like the five, five things a day gratitude journal Mm-hmm. Um, where at the end of each day, you can write down five things that you are thankful for it. Sometimes I think people really, they, they discount that practice. And I know like Brene Brown talks a lot about the gr- having gratitude lists and it really does make a difference. And that is something that I use in my scrapbooking and in my memory keeping is coming back to that over and over again, and not in a Pollyanna ish way, yep. but just in a, you know, we can be thankful for the things that are hard also, because those things teach us different things, or we can be thank, you know, and, and to the person asking about the authenticity, one of the things that I think is done for me is it, I'm very much in touch with how I actually feel about things. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that that comes from taking the time to write things down and taking the time to examine, um, what is working for me and what is not working for me. And this is, I do this through this crafting hobby, right? Like those are the, those are the things that, that have worked for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that so much. And I really think actually now more than ever, while everything is so deeply difficult in the world and so much feels out of our control, I feel like that's when we really need to tap into those little practices here. You're talking about articulating gratitude. I also feel, I mean, part of my, I feel like my life work is, is really calling attention to the small and tangible things we can do and where we can find joy. And so actually every now and then I just, I hadn't really thought of it formally, but I'm not always great at regularly sharing photos, but every now and then, especially when things have been really hard, I've taken to just doing a random like photo dump into my Instagram stories, just of random moments. It's not particularly artfully conveyed, but I just tell the story of what's happening and like, oh, hey, even though life feels like a dumpster fire, some good little moments did happen, you know, <laughs> and that's yes, really powerful. because they always exist at the same time. Yeah, they yeah. are always existing at the same time. And I think that I've been thinking about that a lot la- lately. Well, even over the last couple of years, you know, with all of the the world stuff and the times when I feel like I'm, you know, drowning even in my own in my own little space over here, which mm-hmm. is not not always directly impacted by, by some of the things that are happening, but, you know, I feel the weight of that and these kinds of creative practices, I think definitely help me return to my own center Mm. and figuring out like what, you know, not only how I feel about it, but then actually, you know, what can I do about this? And is there something that I can do about this situation in my own life? Um, And I know like I recently did a a live with Karen Walrand and we were talking a lot about uh, gratitude practices and and in terms of advocacy. And if anybody hasn't read her light manifesto book, it's really good Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. for, I don't know if you've talked to her before on here, but um, for people that are interested in in figuring out, you know, how can you use your voice in a positive way 
in little ways too, right? That those little, that those little things count. So not only documenting the little things, but then taking little actions in your own life, whether it is for advocacy or just for making adjustments in your own life, right? Mm -hmm. For things that you might be witnessing, you're like, I don't really like how that's going. Okay, well, I've noticed that. What's one little change that Mm -hmm. I can make um, to that routine or that habit or, you know, whatever it is to bring back a little more joy or peace or ease or any of the things or, we desperately or, need. Or, <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'll do get yeah. that live to link in the show notes. And yes, um, Karen and conversations we've had with her here, as well as okay, her book, great. I will include all of the things I figured you probably talked to her. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm thinking about the power of words. And I will say just personally, I love your aesthetic and style. And I know, you know, what, when you were referring earlier to scrapbooks and not finding, like basically creating the thing that you wanted, but didn't see out there. I love that. I feel like that's been my whole life after leaving academia is just, I see a hole. I create the thing to fill it. Yes. Um, You are good at that also. (laughs) Understood is a resource I have recommended for many years to parents looking for support with learning and thinking differences such as ADHD, dyslexia, and more. And I'm subsequently excited to tell you about their podcast, Understood Explains. This season, the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Urtube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. They cover topics such as how to tell if your child needs an IEP, common myths about special education, and the difference between IEPs and 504 plans. I love how Understood Explains breaks down the overwhelm by unpacking an important topic each season and then drilling down further into key basics in each episode. Most episodes are between 10 to 15 minutes, and episodes are available in both English and Spanish. So fantastic, right? To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. But the question I have for you next is, you know, that quote I read at the beginning of the show where somebody was asking about being the best version of themselves, I was thinking because you live in words and pictures and you like, you know, really putting those words at the forefront, it occurred to me, I was wondering if you have a guiding mantra or belief or two that helps you 
really show up in those moments. And we've, we've talked about gratitude, but I'm wondering if there's anything else yeah, that comes you know, to mind. One, so another, another project that I do and that I've done since I think 2011 is having a word uh, for the mm-hmm. year. Right. Mm-hmm. So I would say for me, I have had now, however many 11, what is that? However many years ago that was, I've had, and even, I think I started the practice before that. Uh, I've had many years where I pick one word and I focus on that word for the year, which for me often becomes the guiding principle Mm. for the year. And what I like about that is it gives me an opportunity to have different focuses. You know, this is, it's a manufactured timeline, right? We pick a year, we start in January, we end in December. Uh, But the practice of having a word where I can get curious about the word, I can, um, ask questions. I set intentions related to it. And then I document each month throughout the year. Like, how am I doing? How, you know, am I mm-hmm. feeling connected to this word? Am I, you know, what have I made positive progress or am I stalled? And why is that? And so I have scrapbooks since 2011, you know, one for each one of the, the words that I've had. Uh, and that's been really a place where I've done personal work, mm-hmm. you know, within the pages of these quote unquote scrapbooks, which just happens to be the method uh, that I use. So like this year, my word is pause and my intentions around that were really just, I've been on a path of continuing to step back and reevaluate things mm-hmm. um, in my work life, in my personal life, uh, really kind of giving myself permission to take a step back and ask is this really serving, you know, what my, um, the way that I want to live my life? Is this really in alignment with that? And so I've been doing, those those are the questions I've been asking for the last couple of years. Uh, But pause has been really good for me for that because it's very, it's a very directly active word. Um, And it also challenges me because I am somebody that uh, is a type A take action kind of person. Mm -hmm. Like the anxiety, anxiety that I have, directs me to take action rather than to step back. And so it's, I've got all kinds of things going on related to that. So that, so my mantra this year is really related to pausing. Uh, But overarching, one of my favorite quotes is uh, something about living the length and the width. And that is something I need to, I'll try, I'll try to find that. Um, it's like, I don't want to get to the end of my life and found that I've only lived the length of it. I want to live the width of it as well. Mm-hmm. And that quote became really relevant for me when I went through a divorce mm-hmm. in like 2011, 2012. And as I was going, living through that experience, I was very intentional about a couple things. One was my ex-husband and I were very intentional that we were going to remain friends and cordial at the end of this experience. So we had that intention. My other intention was that I wanted to make sure that I wasn't stuffing away my emotions to save them, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, save Mm -hmm. them for another day when they could revisit me. So I was really conscientious about how can I, how can I live the length and the width of this experience? How can I feel all of the emotions now? How can I, you know, let cry when I need to cry and be happy when I need to be happy and let all of those things happen so that when I get to the end of the season, I will feel like that season has been completed. 
right? That mm-hmm. I'm not leaving anything left on the table for when I enter a new relationship. I didn't want to bring any of the extra baggage. Obviously, we all do anyway. It doesn't, you know, we can we can be as intentional as we want. We still bring our old stories into our new stories. Of course. Um, yeah. So that the concept of living the length and the width is really something that I've lived with now for a long time and that returns again and again for me of uh, when I ask myself, how am I living right now? Am I just, you know, kind of only living in this area? And am I not, you know, allowing myself to spread out wider or, you know, and there's different different seasons require different things Mm -hmm. um, too. Mm -hmm. But I would say that's definitely one of my one of my really big ones is that. Yeah. That's huge. Okay, I have three thought, three follow ups, and I, I'm okay, going to try to hold them all. Sorry, one, I talk a lot. Yeah, no, yeah. it's it's absolutely perfect. Um, one is that it's now clear to me why uh, we feel this kinship together because I share your type A anxiety doer master. Yes, <laughs> mode of yeah, operation. I'm not surprised about and, that. Yes. Well, yes. while being that, while actively trying to um, put the reins on that when necessary, yep. you know, that's really yep. important. Second. I'll just say on the air that I'm even more deeply in love with you than I was before. <laughs> so, You're so nice. This is, You're so this nice is awesome. <laughs> this is awesome. This is definitely my best like meeting slash conversation of the week. Okay, and then good. third, I had to scroll through in my notes just to make sure I wasn't making it up. But the episode, this is the tentative title at the moment, but the episode that I'm recording next after your episode release is actually currently titled Intentional Pauses. Mm, I kid you not, go. episode See? 274, See? it's already like started to Perfect. be scratched out. That is I can't wait to listen. Absolutely wild. <laughs> yeah. 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 Intentional pauses, man. Intentional it's pauses. Just, Holy moly. You know? Yeah. And it's really I think that this would resonate with you. It's just, it's really hard it as hard. a doer kind of person. And I think that's one of the things, you know, you and I were talking about the puppy when we first jumped on, but I think that's one of the things that's a little bit hard for me with the puppy too, is that, so I work from home, have a home office. My husband also works from home too. So we're both here, which is great for having a puppy. Um, but it's also, I am very used to being very, um, getting, getting shit done, right? Uh-huh. I just get stuff done. Uh-huh. And when I have a puppy, I'm spending more time not getting stuff done. And so I'm trying to like, I don't know. It's and then somebody else reached out to me on Instagram and they were like, you're going to love this. They were like, um, you know what? Your word pause could also mean P-A-W-S pause. <laughs> and I was like, yep. you're like, wow, I manifested this back in yep. January. How I did like, I know? Okay. <laughs> that just that. Yep. So anyway, we got we got lots of manifestations of pause. Wow. OK, well, um, commence. Yeah. Um, DMing yeah. each other lots of dog yes. photos. But yes. okay. Yes. Allie, yes. We we have a lot more to cover. We're gonna take a quick break and then I cannot wait to ask you several more questions on the back half of this episode. Hi there, I'm Andrea Owen, self-help author with 19 translations of my books, global keynote speaker, and life coach. My podcast, Make Some Noise, has been serving up self-help in a simple-to-digest way for the last decade. The topics brought in each episode are practical and easy to implement around topics such as working through fears that keep you stuck, different modalities of therapy, managing your negative self-talk, and more. We bring you guest experts, solo episodes, and I even coach listeners 
on the air around relatable struggles. I also do my best to weave my sense of humor into some heavy topics because let's face it, life can be pretty hard and it's so much better when we can have some fun while walking through our challenges. Whether you're seasoned in personal development or just starting out, Make Some Noise podcast will help you become the best version of yourself, the person you're proud of when you look in the mirror and show up in your life. Simply search Make Some Noise with Andrea Owen wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hello, you sentient ball of stardust. My name is Casey Davis. I'm a therapist and I'm an author of the book, How to Keep House While Drowning, where I talk about ways to make it a little bit easier to take care of yourself when you're overwhelmed, stressed, have mental health issues, physical health issues, or maybe you're just in a hard season of life. Maybe you're looking for a place that you can come and listen to some practical advice. This is a podcast for all of the self-help rejects. We're going to talk about skills for survival and self-kindness. And I'm going to leave the pop psychology at the door. I promise not to tell you to meditate or to journal. We're just going to give you some really insightful conversations with hopefully some practical advice. So I don't believe you need to pick yourself up by the bootstraps. I don't want you to just try harder. And I don't believe that laziness exists. So join me over on Struggle Care, where we can find compassionate solutions that help us function a little bit better. Hello, friends. We are back with Allie Edwards. In a truly life-giving conversation, I mean, I did profess my love to you, you know, on air. So, like, we'll just have to see how that goes, and where, where, you know, good. how our friendship uh, like follows after I, that. But no, it's I, it's I'm, I'm, I am, I. Another thing that I am working on is, and this I've been working on this for a long time, is taking compliments. Oh, and, and oh my gosh, uh, you should. Yes. yes. So I'm just. I'm just going to say thank you. Great. Excellent. Okay. Well, we've already referenced several times that everything is a lot right now. And I was wondering if you have a tactic or two. I'm getting a little more tactical on this backside of the episode. Yeah, good. Okay. So I just wanted to ask if you have a tactic or two that you employ in your everyday life, um, even when things are super messy, maybe especially when things are super messy, in order to simplify, especially when things are busy and overwhelming as they are now. Yeah. So just to be fully transparent with you, I am in that space right now. Great. Like I am, <laughs> I am in, that, yeah, I am in that space. And so I'm like, what do I do? Yeah. Uh-huh. What do I do? And so one of the things that I, that, that I personally do is, is cleaning, cleaning, like uh-huh. cleaning up and picking up things. And I think that that's one of the things that's been stressing me out lately too, is um, I had COVID right before we got the puppy, like two weeks before mm-hmm. we got the puppy. So it's been like COVID. One of the one of our kids, we have five kids, so five kids in our blended family. One of the kids graduated from high school while I had COVID, so that happened. Ugh. And I just am in the space in my house where the piles have have they're they are starting to like overtake me mentally. Yeah. And very so anxiety is, creating. Yes. yes, very anxiety creating for somebody who you know. I mean. I'm always going to have stuff like I'm not someone that's going to get to the point where I'm super, super minimalistic, but mm-hmm. I like having space and I don't feel like I have that space right now. So when I start to feel like I am super overwhelmed, there's a couple things I do. One is I've gotten significantly better about asking for help. Mm-hmm. And so I will ask my spouse. I will ask my kids who, you know, they're we have all teenagers now and definitely try to include them in our uh, cleanup efforts. 
But also, you know, it's always balanced with, yes, please go hang out with your friends because that's life giving. And that's really what I think personally here, that's what they need right now. Mm-hmm. But asking for help in, in terms of the cleaning or asking for help, can you, you know, can you take the dog for a few hours today just while I clean up my office? Like that mm-hmm. is a brings clarity um, to me. So asking for help is big. And, and then just the cleanup. And even if it's like this is what I'm going to try to do, so I think starting this week is, you know, 10 minute cleanups. Like yep. those, the the little short bursts of stuff that have been, that I'm literally looking at every time I walk down the hallway and, mm-hmm. and it's like, you know, a stab to my heart every mm-hmm. time mm-hmm. I see those boxes. So I think, sorry, next week I'm just going to take 10 minutes and, and do that stuff. Yeah. Um, I think those short windows are really important. This is going to give listeners a further demented view into who I am as a person on a daily basis. But (laughs) in the morning, I'm usually the first person down. And so I get the coffee started. And one of the things I've been doing lately is, you know, especially it's summer, everybody's here now. It's, it's all manner of chaos and mess. And I just take 10 minutes. I walk around drinking my coffee while I just do a quick tidy up and I actually feel better. I mean, really, I should sit down and read the newspaper and I do eventually do that. But I just like to start with a clean sink. I just can't. So, okay. So that, yes, that's exactly what I was. So did you ever back many moons ago? This was like, this is probably pre Facebook too, of the fly lady. Did you ever? Oh, Asha was a big fan of the fly lady. I haven't done any of her stuff, but. So I don't know if fly lady is still around, but that one of her main things was the clean sink. Right. Like, and she was very, she was a huge advocate and that was her like number one thing. If the only thing you do, and I think she advocated for like doing it at night, right. It was like before you go to bed, if the the only thing you do is have a clean sink, then you will feel better in the morning. So I don't know. I don't do that, but I, but I did that this morning. It's funny (laughs) that you said that because puppy was, you know, I was like, okay, I'd gotten up at, you know, two 30. 3.30, 3.30, oh, 5.30. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, and so it, no, it's okay. It's, it's all, you know, it's all, it's, it's what we're doing. But mm-hmm. the 5.30, at the 5.30 time, I ended up like giving her, well, after she ate her breakfast and like did all this stuff and I gave her a, a longer term toy and I put her in a crate in the kitchen and I cleaned the sink mm-hmm. and like moved the laundry around. And I did feel way better after doing those, mm-hmm. you know, just those couple little things. So, and yeah. for, you know, it's not going to be the thing for everybody. I think it's, I love that you said like reading the newspaper. Like I think it's, it's figuring out what is going to bring that little bit of calm into yes. your heart or that little bit of breathing space. Like what's the thing that's making you hold your breath. Mm-hmm. And you know, besides the like bigger world things that you may not be able to control, you cannot right. control right? right at this point in time, what are the, what is some little thing that you can control in your own life uh, and I'm so glad we're talking about this because this is really going to help me too. I've I've been feeling really stuck this week, so this yeah, is gonna be, yeah, it's going to be good. Well, and I I would be remiss if I didn't mention also, and actually a listener reminded me of this. But um, one of the things, an episode, Asha and I used to talk about life skills all the time, and yeah. somebody resurfaced and shared shared about it on Instagram and tagged me. But um, we had put together a list of something like a hundred life skills you can teach kids in five minutes or less or something. And it was actually like probably one of the few things that went like I've ever done that actually went viral. <laughs> yeah. I gotta, I'm going to have to look it up, but I'll link it up. Cause there was an episode, yeah. but then a, a companion, I made a printable. So like people yeah, could like tack cool. it on the fridge and, and yeah. try to see how many life skills their kids could knock off over the summer. So, um, I will link that up for people in the show notes as well. Cause, um, that is, you know, 
part of the helping. It's very important. <laughs> yeah, no, I think so too. And it, it, we had, I don't know if this is the same for you too. And we had big shifts, uh, with the rules in our household. Maybe you actually wrote about this. I think you might've written an article about this big shifts. And I thought about you so many times when I see the articles that you write, cause I'm always like, yep, she's living the same thing that I'm living mm. right now. Um, and it, it, we had a big shift once COVID hit related to screen time, mm-hmm. related to jobs, uh, where screen time for us went out the window and because we were focusing on other things, right? Yeah. Screen time became, became the way that, the, that our kids were connecting with their friends. And that was really important to us for them to be able to maintain those direct connections. And, but we have a house, you know, we've had a house cleaner that has helped us for a long time and that didn't happen obviously during COVID. So we were like to the kids, we're like, okay, you guys are, you know, she's not coming every two weeks now. So you guys need to, mm-hmm. you know, jump on board. And so we did, that was a shift that happened for a while. And then once everybody started going back to school and I don't know, it's, there's just been obviously major shifts in how we approach uh, and, and and also in how I approach um, kids. And that also brings in blended family stuff. Like there's all kinds of things that are um, going on. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) All right. I have another tactical ask. And again, this is partly selfish. Um, what would you recommend? I'm going to loop back to the documenting life part. Yep. So what would you recommend to somebody who loves taking lots of photos, but is a disaster in terms of organization? Do you, <laughs> uh, do you have any super simple solutions or tactics well, to share? I, Help the, me. The first Help me, question, Allie. Yes. The first question that I would <laughs> ask is, is like, what, what's your end goal? You know, like, mm. what do you, what do you wish that you had that, you know, do you wish yeah. that you had photo albums? Do you wish that you had, like, are you, are you searching for some sort of tangible result? Um, that would be, that would always be the first question that I ask because I, I personally maintain that Instagram, especially Instagram is like a scrapbook in many ways, right? Yeah. That, that people are putting everyday life photos on there. I think you know, we could have a whole conversation obviously about like the influencing aspect and, you know, what kinds of things people are actually posting on there. But I truly believe that it can be a place for you to document your words and photos essentially, mm-hmm. right. You know, sharing mm-hmm. a photo, just like you said, how you do a photo dump every once in a while, like this was happening around here. Lots of people in my community use it as a holding place for their stories, right. They write mm-hmm. out their things with their with their uh, photos and then they will put it into a physical scrapbook later on. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah. So that is that, you know, and you can have a private account, it doesn't have to be public, but it can be a way for you to actually capture those in the moment sorts of things and be like, oh, this is what I loved about this moment, or this is how I was feeling in this moment that is, you know, archived in some way or another. How is it on Instagram? And obviously there's other questions about, you know, longevity and whatever. Um, but if you are somebody that, that, wants to begin printing out your photos, like you're wanting to have some sort of tangible record rather than just have photos on your phone, which is, you know, we went from when I first started doing this, it was uh, physical photo organization, right? Because mm-hmm. people were still print um, getting their photos printed at developers. And so you mm-hmm. would get this, you know, pack of 24 photos or 100 photos or whatever it was. And then people would organize them. And then you Mm -hmm. have to figure out how do you organize them? Do you organize them by year? Do you organize them by person? Do you organize them by category, right? And all of those things would depend upon 
what categories made sense to you. Mm -hmm. But if I wasn't doing what I do now, what I would probably do is use some sort of a photo book uh, place like Artifact Uprising is somewhere that makes photo books or Mm -hmm. Mixbook. Um, and I think Mixbook is one of the ones, there are a couple out there that you can, that will actually like collect the photos and words that you've put on Instagram and just put them into a little book. Mm. So Katie, mm-hmm. who works with me, that's something that she does. Like, I think she does it almost monthly. I don't know if she's doing monthly now or yearly, but it was at, at some point in time she was where it just, it like slurps them up and puts them into a book and sends you the book with, there's your photos printed out. Um, you know, by what, by whatever timeline you have decided. Uh, so that's something I think for people that are interested in having physical pictures, that's a, that's definitely an easy way to do it where they are then contained. I believe with most of those services too, you can upload your pictures, right? Like if you decide, you know, you want to do it from a trip or you want to just print pictures of one of your kids, you could do that sort of thing. Um, you can also, the, the photo printing, uh, company that I recommend is called persnickety prints Okay, and you can get from them also like a monthly box where they will print photos for you and send them to you. Oh, wow. Um, okay. I'm going to link everything. Also, yeah. Yes. And then, and then at that point you also need to figure out like what's your organization if you're going to have all these printed photos. Um, yeah. But, but it's a start and a step. Yeah. Yeah, well, I have to say, I'm just going to say thank you, because I think you're starting your response with, like, what is your end goal? Actually, like, freed me up just in this moment, because I thought, I thought, what is my end goal? And I think it's actually purely mental. Like, I would like to be the person who has the perfect, perfectly organized digital archive, so that whenever I need to look for a photo, I can find it. Instead, right now, I have things sort of auto backupping to like OneDrive, Dropbox and Google Photos and it's a total disaster. Yep. And then if I can't yep. find something, I'll go to Facebook or Instagram. But that seems to be okay at the moment. <laughs> yep. And it's I, a disaster, so good. I'm but glad. It's okay. I'm, yeah. Yes. Yes. I it again, yes. It's one of those things that it can feel really heavy, right? Even yeah. though it is something that exists digitally, it can weigh on us in a way that we can decide it doesn't get to do that anymore. Right. We, you know, through letting go of whatever perceived pressure we have put on ourselves. Um, I would say just one in terms of photo organization, like digital photo organization, Mm -hmm. I have used a variety of different programs over the years and am now I use Apple Mac products. Um, and I am just using the photos program on -hmm. my computer and it, you know, when I take photos on my phone, they automatically are uploaded yeah. to my computer. I don't know what they're calling. They used to call it photo stream. I don't know if they still call it photo stream. And what I do for organization is I just do it by month. So I have um, folders in there that are organized by month. And then also because of what I do, I have them like for projects and stuff. Like yeah, that. that's a good um, idea. Yeah. But just having a, a, you know, a month, the months inside of a year is, is helpful for me when I want to go back right. and look right. for something else. Um, too. So it's like, what's the most, you know, what's your end goal, number one? And then what's the simplest way that you can approach organizing? I like whatever it. that content is. I like it. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. Well, Allie, at the end of each show, I ask my guests to share what is called your next edit. It's a really, I know we've talked a lot of actionable things, but it's a super actionable tip that listeners can consider doing after they finish listening to the episode. So I would love in the context of our conversation today, if you have a your next edit to share. 
I think what I would love to invite people to do is to just grab a piece of paper and put a header on it. And the header says what's real right now. And then write down five things Mm -hmm. in a list of what, you know, what is real in your life right now. And that's probably going to be a mixture of things. Um, And the second step that I would add to that, you know, that's a great way to just start. And even if you just, you know, you have a blank piece of paper, you write it down, you have a journal, you write it down, you have your planner, you could put it in your planner. It doesn't have to be any, anything special. It's, it's really the, the action of pausing, Mm -hmm. taking a few minutes to pay attention to what is real in your life right now. Um, You know, and then you can also, the the second step I would say is when I am talking to people about writing about their life, one of the things that I encourage people to do is use the concept of facts and feelings So maybe the first thing that you write down, the number one thing about what's real in your life right now is very fact based. Mm. You know, what's real right now is we have a new puppy. I mean, it can be as short as that or can be, you know, significantly longer. And then the next one, the number two can be something feelings based. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel this right now about, you know, this is real and I feel this about that thing. So using facts and feelings can be a really easy way to continue, like to pull the story of what's real out of yep. you rather than just staring at a blank page. I think that is beautiful. And we all need more exercises to help us with emotional fluency. So yes. thank you. You're welcome. There you go. <laughs> Ellie, Thanks this for was... letting me talk about it in a non like super scrapbooky way. Oh my gosh. Uh, just I... last because sometimes it's, it's, you know, I live in, in, in this space of, of, of scrapbooking, right? And so lots yeah. of people that I talk to know the language of, of the things that I've talked about for years. So it's always really fun for me to be able to talk about it in a different space where it might hit somebody else um, in a different way. So thank you for, for inviting me today, Christine. I appreciate of course, it. of course. And I think that's one of the things that I've always loved about podcasting. We're, we're going, you can go deep and we're going wide and it's all the things. And I just... I loved this conversation so much. So thank you for taking the time to have it with me, Allie. Thank you for inviting me. All right, friends, you'll find the show notes for this episode, including links to resources and related episodes at edityourlifeshow.com. As ever, I would love to hear your thoughts and questions. Come say hello on Instagram or Facebook at edityourlifeshow or send an email to edityourlifeshow at gmail.com. I would also be grateful if you would drop Edit Your Life a review on Apple Podcasts or tell a pod-loving friend about the show. Thanks for listening. Hello, you sentient ball of stardust. My name is Casey Davis. I'm a therapist and I'm an author of the book, How to Keep House While Drowning, where I talk about ways to make it a little bit easier to take care of yourself when you're overwhelmed, stressed, have mental health issues, physical health issues, or maybe you're just in a hard season of life. Maybe you're looking for a place that you can come and listen to some practical advice. This is a podcast for all of the self-help rejects. We're gonna talk about skills for survival and self-kindness. And I'm going to leave the pop psychology at the door. I promise not to tell you to meditate or to journal. We're just going to give you some really insightful conversations with hopefully some practical advice. So I don't believe you need to pick yourself up by the bootstraps. I don't want you to just try harder. And I don't believe that laziness exists. So join me over on Struggle Care, where we can find compassionate solutions that help us function a little bit better.